0: All right, this is so exciting, guys. Today's class, we're going to talk about, um, well, a couple of things, but mostly down the line of products and services sell themselves and we, the salesmen, break break it and stop that from happening. So I want you to have a little think about this, right? Think about websites, social media campaigns, all the different advertising campaigns, particularly online advertising campaigns, they're prolific. the uh, qr codes instagram linkedin like everything right of different ways to networking uh to garner a person's attention right so just quick question who believes in advertising in order to attract a customers uh, customers or people's attention to gain customers yeah okay mcdonald's has done it very well they keep running the same ad over and over for over 30 years here in australia Biggest name in hamburgers across the world. They've never given up on the, the radio ads, the TV ads, for those who have ad TV. Um, still runs and, of course, it's um, it's still there. I say that the golden arches, the advertising in the golden arches, really for those on motorbikes because um, we don't have the radio on a motorbike, but you see the golden arches go, oh, I might just grab dinner. <laughs> so, you know, the advertising is always the same, right? Um, so it captures customers or potential customers' attention. So I want you to think about this. To garner the attention of a person and not turn them into a client is the most expensive of mistakes. Now it's expensive for you, the salesman who's gone to all the time, money and effort to get someone to notice you in the marketplace. But it's particularly expensive for the person who's noticed you because They have spent time, money, and efforts noticing you and picking you out of the crowd. So for them to notice you, come forward to you to find out more about you and how you can help them, and then you don't turn them into a customer, it is the most expensive mistake you can make for them because they're now not a customer. I watch this happen a lot in presentations. In particular, there's a couple I've been to in the last couple of weeks where um, different people have come in and they've, um, they've been called in on purpose knowing that they are there to educate or for the crowd has turned up knowing that they're going to be educated and wondering, okay, so what's the program on the other side? Only for the person to do to not... Have really some easy way to explain what their program is on the other side. And in a few occasions, I've called them up afterwards and and talked to them and said, What was the goal of your speech tonight? Because, you know, I stayed up until really late to listen to you. So, what was the goal? They've gone, Well, it was just to educate the crowd, really. For what purpose do I need to be educated if you're not there to help? And this comes up often as people say, I'd like to educate them so that they know what know where they can get help but you're not putting your hand up easily to say and i can help you with that so as i said um products and services sell themselves so if somebody if you've done all its necessary all all the work to get somebody to notice you in the marketplace and then not converted them to a client well you've done all the product and service sold itself but we the salesmen stop it from happening so let's have a little look at what is it um this is where you all get to sort of join in what do we have to do to convert sales if the person found us and is standing in front of us then what do we have to do to convert sales you want to put your hand up or yep Gunther. we need to tell them what we've got to offer them yeah. or how we can help them yeah Technically, they should already know. I mean, it's already been advertised. They're now standing in front of you. Or more to the point, is what are you not? What are you doing to stop the sale? Or what can't you do if you're not converting um, the customer that's standing in front of you into a sale? So, what are some things that are getting in the way of converting them? But one of, one of the things would be not not understanding their problem. Yeah. Not understanding their problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. Could be getting in the way. Yep. Not responding promptly to them. Not responding promptly to them. Okay. What else? Uh, probably trying not to up. Sorry. Sorry. What one was that? Not following up. Was that it? Was that you, Karina? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I cut Mark off by mistake. No, no. You're good. You're good. Right. Yep. Not following up, Mark. What's something else? You've got to ascertain that your product's going to meet your client's needs as well. Here's the thing. They've already picked you. <laughs> they've already decided that your thing, if someone's decided that your thing is what they're after and they've come to you and asked you about well, this they've come thing you. and you have not been able to convert them, what is stopping individuals from converting the sale? When the customer's standing there with cash saying, I'm ready to buy, what's getting in the way? Is it a sales objection? Is it a comment that they've made like, is that your best price? Or a comment like, can I have a discount? What if I bring 17 friends? Can I have a discount then? I just have to speak to my husband. What is it that's getting in the way? Yep, good for
1: you're probably overselling
0: good. it. Sorry? You're, over, you're overselling it. Yeah, you, maybe. You, you're you're yeah. trying to give them too much information. They don't yeah. want it. They just want the product. They just want the price, the product, the price. They just want help. So there's things that we as salesmen do that stop a sale from happening. And when it comes to sales training, most people learn how to sell. Books will teach you this all the time. All sorts of sales training will teach you how to sell. What they don't often teach you is what are you doing to stop it from happening? Anyone ever gone grocery shopping before? Just put your hand up. All right, here's our product. Tell me if this is different to how you experience grocery shopping. Products sit on the shelf with a price and you decide to buy them. Is that how it works? Getting a few nods, yeah. Does anyone do it differently to that? They just look at the thing on the shelf, look at the price and grab it and throw it in the trolley like, yep, that's the one and off they go, right? So a pretty simple process, right? In today's world, that's the process. I mean, that was always it for groceries, but that's it with all products and services because today we have Google. Customers already done all of the shopping before they've ended up in front of us. They just wanna grab it off the shelf. So there's things that we do that stop it from happening. One of them is asking questions when the customer's already chosen to buy. Trying to build rapport with someone when they've already decided you're the one. Here's one, I'll give you an example. Let's say I wanted to buy a house on the richest strip in Miami. Apparently multi-million dollar apartments, people go into the real estate firms there with cash and say, I've got cash, I'm ready to move today. I want an apartment on this street. Very few stand there and say, I can help you with that. Most of them look at the person and say, let me tell you why you should let our firm help you. Now that's in terms of trying to build rapport with the customer, but the customer already picked that person out of all the other choices. They picked it in the effort of building rapport from the salesman side, you're breaking it from the customer side. Another way we break a sale is in the delivery of price. If you said, let's take lana i'm going to pick on you it's not a pick on because i know you can answer this lana what's the base price for how much does it cost if i was a tradie and i wanted admin help from you what's the starting price can't hear you can't hear you okay uh my package is starting from 250 a week 250 dollars a week right so lana said packages start from 250 Right, if Lana had I said, oh, well, you see, it kind of all depends on how much, like how much time that you need, but really 250 the price is no long, is not the problem. I used to do that, and then I learned <laughs> from you. <so. laughs> I know, right, which is why I had you, because I knew you'd answer it perfectly. So... That, the stumbling over delivering a price becomes a problem, but the price itself is not the problem. Over-talking. Who's found that before where you think, oh my God, I think I've just talked too much and I've stopped that sale from going through. I think I just said too much, that one's happened. Who's been in a sales process where they're the shopper and they've got they've asked the question of the salesman and they've over-talked and they've gone, oh my God, why won't they just stop talking and take my money, right? So we've all been there before. So there are things that we do. So what you have to think about some things? So I've got a list. Talking too much can stop a customer from buying. Discounting can stop a customer from buying because they no longer understand the price process. They certainly can't pass on referrals because they don't understand what you'll give to the next person. Assuming, as a salesman, assuming that you know more than the customer and that you understand more of what the customer needs than you. Uh, Who was it who said not really understanding what the customer was after or the customer's problem. I think it was, um, yeah, it was Phil, right? So um, yes, there is, a, there is a time frame in the sales process where a salesman, we can ask questions, but it's not at the beginning when the salesman is asking us questions. We get to answer them. And then knowing when it's your turn to ask questions, um, because if we answer their questions, they might just buy. We don't need to ask questions multitasking appointments who's ever thought of this one as a problem let's say you thought okay I'm like I'm short of clients I've got all these people that have come into my funnel let me start calling them I'll make 10 phone calls today and then you book in 10 appointments to talk to people and you back them up one after another and you're not quite finished with one but you've got to finish that call because you've booked in the next call and the next call and the next call multitasking clients and booking in calls back to back will create a problem with you converting a sale. I'm going to finish up here because these are just ideas for you to think of. But have a think of this. If you achieved one client a week, you'd have 50 clients at the end of the year. What if you achieved one client a day? Who would like one client a day? Just put your hand up. Don't worry about whether or not you can handle 365. But let's say one client a day, 365 clients, right? Right. What if all it took was to talk to one person once a day who had already noticed you and was asking questions, stick with them for as long as necessary, sell them what they're after and then take the rest of the day off. At the beginning, it would seem like a waste of a day, particularly if you did that first thing in the morning. But if you do that as practice, Over the course of a year, you will accumulate 365 clients, in which case your time to breathe and to get your headspace back will actually help you with the next client because you won't be thinking, well, I did that one fast. Let me book in five more. Just get through one, enjoy that process, read a book for the rest of the day, get through the next one and read it. So if you want to book in 10 clients or make 10 phone calls, the first person that answers the phone and you talk to decide the rest of the calls are necessary if you convert the client that's standing in front of you. So that's it. Any more? Any comments or take-homes before we shut this one down? A moment of silence, Jason. That would be the first time in history people haven't had questions. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you know where to break it. <laughs> Thank you.